Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast where we chat with the experts on all things visualization. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nano Sessions by NanoLumens. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Today, we're exploring the dreaded gatekeeper of the AV industry. This is the big pain point that customers will always, always bring up. And it's that simple question, is it worth the price? You know, shopping for deals is an art and, you know, often really comes in handy as a consumer. But when you're dealing with permanent installs or any sort of infrastructure or tech piece of equipment, shopping for the cheapest deal isn't always the wisest choice. So here to give his take on value versus price in the AV industry is Eric Teco, Director of Global Marketing and Sales Operations for NanoLumens Incorporated. Eric, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thank you for having me. So is this a topic you feel like you live and breathe every single day? Yes. Um, we are known as uh, a high price vendor, but when we have an opportunity to discuss the value we bring to the table, people do see the difference. Right. And, you know, I think it's all part of that human conversation, you know, looking beyond the price and what is this product actually going to do for me? You know, that that's the question people should be having. But that's not always the easiest question to ask because, you know, the, the pocketbook speaks wonders. So I'm excited to get your take on how you maneuver around those questions and why shopping for price isn't really the main choice you should be making as a consumer in this industry. So, Let's just jump right in. Is this conversation of value versus price a big part of business negotiations in AV? Why or why not? When you get into the higher cost direct view LED screens of the AV world, um, price always comes to the forefront. Um, there's people live within budgets these days. Um, they're always looking for corners to cut, where to save money. But in the long run, when you look at the return on investment over a period of time, value plays a huge part of that. And it's not just in the screen, but it's in the the support and the, the experience your external customers see from that uh, visualization aspect that you brought to them of there's outages or what we call in the industry caterpillars, which is a series of pixels that are out, or even a, a total LED board going down. Um, you don't notice these things on the the huge stadium Robotrons watching a baseball game or a football game. To the trained eye, you see everything. But um, one thing that is kind of different is when you deal with the smaller indoor environments where people are closer to the boards, closer to the displays, they see them up close, you could start picking out the the difference between I bought that under a budget versus I bought the best on the marketplace. Do you think that this conversation is felt more when you're dealing with larger companies, smaller companies, both, you know, what, what have you felt in your experience? Typically the larger companies are the ones that are going to invest in this. This is uh, led screens come down to be the, the wow factor. So you're not going to have a very small 
um, small business putting a lot of money in it. Um, now, part of the AV world with LED screens are advertising signs out there on the street corner. But again, those are viewed while you're speeding down the highway at 100 yards away. So you're not going to see the small defects. Um, we're working more with the, the large corporations who put an LED screen up recessed into the wall of their conference room. People are going to see that. They're going to they're going to pay attention to small details and the minute errors and defects, not the big billboard on the side of the highway that you can't see. So what is the middle line then for technology typically in AV? You know, where is price equitable but you also get good quality? Um, you know, or or does that even exist in the industry? It definitely exists in the industry. There are vendors who are recognizing that quality counts yeah, and they are, they are getting into that world and being very competitive and doing the right things. A lot of times we're seeing, typically I'm seeing in the global market because I deal with uh, some of the opportunities outside of North America where price is the only thing they care about, but I'm starting to see a trend that's shifting away from that to a high-priced client deserves a high-priced quality product, not the bottom of the barrel. Let's put something together out of a Asian factory and throw it on the wall. So you're seeing a lot of uh, changes in the you know in the in, I'm seeing in the AV market because people want a piece of the pie and they want to get into this very high-quality product and they want something that when it goes up. The customer is happy, happy, happy for a long, long time because everybody knows that a happy customer comes back and buys from you again and again. Do you feel like in general AV is an industry where quality is pretty much directly correlated to price? So, you know, even though there are um, equitable products out there, something that you can buy at sort of a middle ground price, generally the more expensive, the better the quality? Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I think that um, there are some instances and in, in what you're trying to do with the screen. This is one of the things that we as um, industry experts or, or what I always try to, you know, beat into my team is become a trusted advisor. Don't be afraid to walk away from a deal if you're not going to get it because the budget's not there. But always walk away after you've educated that person because when when they come to something that they can't afford us, they will come back because you're a trusted advisor. Right. You advised them properly and they did it right. So the middle ground are, are things where we would consider what's going to be the content on the display. Are you displaying just text? Um, or are you displaying high definition video content like sports highlights or or very detailed artwork, things like that? There's areas where you can go in with a budget and we can design a a product that's going to keep your customers happy around your budget and still bring the value to you and your customer so that everybody in the end is getting a quality product and staying with some, sometimes within the means of what a budget can bring. I'm not saying we're, we're, we're 
lowering the quality at all. I'm saying that there's applications in the AV industry that can can be shifted to something a little cheaper in the in the dollar frame than something that's the high end, very expensive, very detailed. Right, and I think that goes back to you know needing someone to kind of guide you through the options, uh, because even though there is a general correlation between you know, higher price means higher quality, not every installation needs the most expensive piece of gear. You know, not every installation needs every bell and whistle. There can be applications where you don't you don't you don't need that one, and it's going to take counseling. You know, uh, it's going to take um, a professional within the AV industry to sort of guide the end user toward the right product. And uh, yeah, I, I think that really shows the value in in customer service, honestly, more than anything, uh, which, you know, I, I think we should just get into right now. It's something I wanted to get into a little later, but you brought it up naturally. So great segue there, Eric. Um, you know, when when people pay more, like you said, people are often paying for more than just the screen. So you you kind of already said it that there's a level of customer service that comes with higher price points. You know, you you pay for the service you get. How important is the customer service to the overall experience for the customer, um, and just to to that overall relationship compared to the product itself? I I personally feel that the the more value that's brought into the discussion, the the better the customer service experience is going to be in the long run. You, you I, I always look at it that um, and try to educate my customers that they're not the only customers is that mom coming to the retail store to buy a new pair of shoes. It's that internal customer of your boss is coming out and going, oh, so you spent a quarter million dollars on that display. It doesn't look that great. But being able to explain it's not been down. It has run perfectly for the last five years. Our return on investment is huge. Uh, we've seen an uptick in this sale and that sale. It, it's it's all there. And so, you know, the, the, the subject of customer service where it's, I have an issue, fix it, is one thing. But I have a perfect solution that fixes all my problems is another thing. And I think people sometimes lose sight of the fact that, you know, value provides that to a high degree if it's done right the first time and you're not having error after error after error that has to be corrected where customer service, no matter how quick you respond and how great you are, will degrade. Let's, let's face it. But if you have something that sits up there and runs forever, the, the great example Years ago, um, the 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 foreign car makers made great cars, and people paid a premium for great cars. Why were they great cars? You never had to service them. Right, right. You know, they ran forever. And what about an American-made car? Six months down the road, you had a problem. Six years down the road, you had a problem. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but I mean, it was kind of evident. Well, you could see a trend that foreign-made cars aren't really worried about having that runs forever car unless you want to pay a really a premium, and they'll make sure it runs forever because technology's 
getting there with everybody and and the the parts and pieces are all on a level playing field but there are some foreign made cars and american made cars that break about the same time and they need to be serviced so you know there there's having to become a balance to to make that with price and value working together right exactly it really shouldn't be one over the other it should be a a combo of the two Right. So, Eric, could you give me some examples of this price over value mentality falling flat? You know, some examples where you've had to either talk a customer through why the higher price point is more valuable to them um, or just some examples of where you've seen customers go for the cheaper option, but then, you know, it doesn't turn out exactly how they were expecting. I'd be glad to. You know, you always start that that conversation you pay what you, you get what you pay for yeah. and and unfortunately you know there there's probably more examples of of folks coming back to us after it busted and they had to fix it and unfortunately that those those people are the the hardest to to help because they've got so much work in their in their eyes to fix that internal customer and that external customer's attitude so specific examples i i don't want to really get into but i mean we've had instances where we were fifty sixty thousand dollars more expensive we offered a longer warranty the customer brought that back to the table and we told them this is this is the minimum we can do, we've sharpened our pencil as much as we can. And they decided to go with somebody else. And three months down the road, during the install process that was all promised to be this, that, and the other, it went south because the product was just not what the salesperson represented it as. And they had to come back to us because we showed them that this is what we have and this is what we do. They saw it live in our showroom and were able to see it, but they just really were hand struck with the money situation. And now they're, they're paying double because, you know, they're having to fight to get their money back on the original sale, you know, the original purchase from the competitor and pay us for, for a new product. So right. it's, it's tough to, to point fingers and say, this happened here, this happened there. I don't really want to get into that, but it happens a lot more than you really want it to. And that's why we really take pride in trying to get out in front of the customer. Um, you know, technically, AV, you know, DirectView LED manufacturers are selling big TVs. We're not selling the cable connection to it that provides content. We're not, we're not selling the technology behind it that allows you to stream a stock index across the bottom while the people on top are talking about the local news we're selling you the screen and a lot of times people don't you know think we're trying to be underhanded by wanting to meet that customer and talk with that customer because we're going to ask them questions they never thought of and we're going to talk about what they want to do with that screen and why they want to do with that screen and why is that important to you and is there a way we can do this for you without 
causing your head to blow up because we quoted you a price that's way out of your budget. Right. And a lot of, they appreciate that. We're still going to let the the partner, the integrator sell the product because this is a TV screen. There is stuff in the background where it needs to be cleaned and it needs to be maintained and the content needs to be driven. And there's a lot of service level agreements after the fact that they can make a lot of money on. But I mean, we want to sell this thing. We don't want to install it. We want to use them as the tool to get to the customer and help win the deal. So what would you say is the biggest takeaway then, you know, for, for other professionals in the AV space who are having to deal with these conversations and, you know, people that feel confident in their higher price point, but often feel resistance from people saying, okay, well, I feel like I can get the same thing for cheaper over at X place. You know, how, how do you, how do you recommend handling those conversations and what do you as a business owner or as a, an integrator or representative of a company need to be able to show for that price point? In the long run, the person that's going to go and be honest with their customer, tell them the truth, tell them what you can and cannot do, but ask them questions to educate them is going to be the winner. Um, I don't, you know, if, if, if you come to me, Daniel, and you say, I won the lottery and I want to put one of these in my house overlooking my new pool, I'm going to ask you, is it covered? Is it you're going to have close enough where the kids can splash water on it? Is it going to be sitting in full sunlight? Is it going to be kind of back in a dark area where, you know, ambient light's not going to affect it? There's all these questions that you need to, to talk about that people need to do in the AV industry, not just salivate. And as my old boss used to say, grab my yellow pad, jump in my car, run out there to get the check. Talk to the people, educate the people, help them learn because we're all going to benefit in this industry. If the consumer is educated, we all hear that an educated consumer is the best consumer. It's, it's our time to stand up and do that. Don't be afraid to ask a series of questions. Yeah. If you're good at what you do and you know how to ask questions, you'll be fine. If you recognize the nonverbal communication of they're typing on a keypad, they don't pay attention to you while you're on the phone, get off the phone. They, they didn't care. They want a number from you. They don't want any of this other stuff to, to make their customer happy. They've got a quota to make at the end of the year, sell it and see you. You don't want, you don't want to work with people like that. You don't want to sell to people like that. You want to sell to over and over and over again. The, the greatest, best customers we have are ones that come back to us and say, Hey, let's get hooked up with that integrator again. We want to buy something else for you, from you. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you have a higher price point and you are confident in your product and you know that you offer something beyond just a good product, but you know, people are paying for the service, they're paying for the quality, they're paying for the, you know, the, the trust in the general company, then I think you can be a little picky too with, you know, who you sell to. Like you said, you know, you don't just sell to anyone who might be interested or, or, and anyone who just needs that price point. Um, you know, you can really choose to partner with and sell to people that value the service and are going to want to work with you again in the future. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a luxury of quality products. Exactly. 
Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I feel like we got a good look here at the conversation of value versus price and how to maneuver it. Uh, it's something that I don't think you're ever going to have to stop doing. Um, you know, it's it's part of the job, but I think you've found a good way to maneuver around it and a good way to communicate to people why there's more to look at than just price. You know, there's there's quality there's value in the relationships in the company you partner with. And, you know, I think there's something to take away there for any business. So thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. Daniel, thank you for your time. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Nano Sessions. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to nanolumens.com or you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.